Our Father, thank you for the opportunity to celebrate this liturgy together with you all. I've just been thinking, you know, for a priest to be making a home visit, visiting his parents for Easter is like, it just doesn't happen. And for me, I, I haven't been home, I just calculated today, it's been 30 years for Easter. So it's, I mean, I've been home since, but not for Easter. And so it's, it's, a, it's a great honor and a privilege to be able to be here, get back home and, and visit mom and dad. And, um, well, I'm sorry for my English because normally I'm speaking German. I work in Vienna and Austria. And as a matter of fact, just um, two days ago, I was in Zurich in Switzerland, which they also speak German. And I was, I was walking through the inner city and, and driving around. And, like, all over the place, there was these huge billboards. And on it was written something. And, and um, at the moment, at first I thought, what? what in the world? And it was advertising. It said... Cat cookbook, and you heard that rightly. Cat, cat cookbook, 30 recipes for cat meat. And then it gave, it gave um, like the website where you could look up, you know, and, these, and you start reading in the website and you see all these different recipes. And to be, to be honest, I wasn't quite sure if I should be disgusted or if I should be shocked. And because this wasn't Peking, you know, like 500 years ago. This was Zurich, like the day before yesterday. And, and at the end, I said, there's got to be like, there's got to be a catch. There's, some, there's something fishy about this whole thing. And sure enough, it was some advertising gag from this, um, this, this company trying to show that, you know, they can attract attention to themselves. And did a good job, I must admit. Like, I even went on the website and said, what is this all about, you know? And so, and, and, but it made me think about Holy Week, because I thought, okay, well, this is Holy Week. And, and it made me think, you know, because I said, well, in, in, in our little church in Vienna and Austria, we have this beautiful crucifix, which was, um, which actually I had made by a South Tyrolean artist who I appreciate a lot, and I prepared him for, for his wedding a few years ago. He's a great artist, and it's a beautiful crucifix made out of wood. And... And nevertheless, you know, I was thinking, I don't know, I just made this connection between this advertising and a crucifix. And I said, I said to myself, well, I guess when Our Lady looked up at the cross, she didn't see his beautiful crucifix. You know? And I think that's one of the reasons why we cover our crucifixes during Lent. It's just that we kind of get, that we remind ourselves we shouldn't be getting used to what we're looking at. As a matter of fact, this should kind of shock us what's, what's happening, right? And it, it shouldn't. I mean, I think the, the reaction isn't going to be discussed. And I was thinking about that as well. Why isn't it disgusting, you know, what was happening there? Because it was pretty sickening to look at. Um, Seneca says that when you would see some mothers that had to see the crucifixion of their sons on the cross, that afterwards they would become insane. They would turn insane because of what they looked at. The Phoenicians had experimented about 300 years how you can make people suffer like the most. And they came up with a crucifixion. So they did a pretty good job at making you suffer terribly. And, and, and I, I don't know how it is for you, you know, but I, I come from a country, well, I'm living, working in a country where we have a lot of beautiful crucifixes. And you can get just so used looking at that. So I was trying to think, well, okay, maybe Holy Week is trying to shake me up a little bit. Or maybe it should shake me up a little bit. And I was trying to think why, and maybe I'll just share the three reasons that I came up with. And the first reason is just because of what I just said, because in and of itself, what's happening there is pretty horrific. 
And, and yet, we make the sign of the cross all the time. We have it hanging on all over the place. You know, what is that trying to tell us? Like, what is that all about? Why is that, like, that's our symbol as Christians? So, I mean, that was one, one reason I thought, you know, well, okay, I, I should be maybe shaking up a little more because I'm getting used to things looking at the cross, and I shouldn't be. I shouldn't, it shouldn't become something normal. And then, and then the second reason, maybe a lot more profound, a lot deeper yet, for me anyway, was the realization that at least that's what we say we believe. We believe that when we look into the face of that crucified Christ, that we're looking into the very face of God himself. And that should really shock us. That, theoretically, that's what we say we believe, you know. And if that's not just some nice story about happened 2,000 years ago, and blah, 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 has nothing to do with my life. But if, if that's really God, and if that's what he decided to do, if that's how far he goes to show me that he loves me, that's pretty shocking. You know, there's, there's a sentence from St. Paul in his, in his letter to the Galatians, which I... Now, I, I was thinking this week, if I would just understand that one sentence, like my whole life would change. You know, I am living in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who gave his life not for 100,000 billion people in general, but for me particularly, right? It's, this is all about, this is about me. You know? When he says today on the cross, I thirst, it's so much more, would Mother Teresa of Calcutta say, than if he would have just said, I love you. No, he thirsts for us. No. It's, it's a passionate longing for me. He's giving himself for me. And, and we can get used to that. You know, when, when the Ukrainian war started, it's not far away. It's just an eight-hour drive from Vienna, Austria, from where I live, to the border. And... I drove up like really fast, maybe within the first two or three days, and just to get kind of a picture of what was happening, and and brought up some supplies. To, we had this cooperation with this parish we did on, on the Polish-Ukrainian border, and wanted to get to, to Lviv, which is um, the first Ukrainian city inside of inside of the border. And they had that time already within days, two hundred thousand refugees there in the western Ukraine, and. And so I came up to the, to the border and we had our supplies there and I was in no man's land and the Ukrainian border guard looks at me and he says, Father, you're scared. And I said, well, no, you know, they're not going to bomb no man's land. That's NATO and that's, gonna, that's third world war. Like, they're not going to do that. So I, like, I'm not worried. And so he takes out his cell phone and he shows me where they had been on the watchtower two days before filming the Russian rockets coming in that had landed just three or four kilometers away from that place. You know? And then it all of a sudden, it hit home to me how close this whole thing really was. Like, oh, it's far away. You know, somewhere there in the Ukraine, somewhere there in Russia. You know? and, and then I met some of these young people that, were, that really, really impressed me. They were maybe 19, 20-year-old guys. And you could see the fear in their eyes and at the same time the determination. And what they would do, they would, we would take in these, these goods and, 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 and they would take them from our minivans and put them in smaller, um, really old, beat-up um, Volkswagen station wagons without any electronics so that they wouldn't be seen by Russian planes. And they would, they would soup them up with steel so that they could carry more weight and they would drive as far east as they could at night. And they were asking us bulletproof vests for their drivers. 
And I was looking at these young guys and I was thinking of Jesus, there's no greater love than he was willing to give his life for his friends, you know. And I had a discussion with somebody in the morning about, I don't know, maybe the coffee that wasn't made properly for me, you know. And it just, I wasn't willing to, it, it just made me, it shook me up at the moment, no. And I, and I was just thinking about that again this morning because there's sometimes we just, I don't know, we just get used to things. Like, oh, another bombing somewhere, no. Oh, another... 20 people died there. Oh, you know, we just read the news and we sip our beer or our coffee afterwards and life goes on, right? But Good Friday is here to remind us, like, don't get used to what you're looking at, you know, and learn to look at it in a different way. Maybe that's the last reason, the third reason, why I think kind of Good Friday should shock us in a good sense, like shake us up. Um, and that's just, for me, it's been like how indifferent, you know, you can become to that. How, how can that not move me? How can what, ha- what we're celebrating today not move my heart? If it's really true, if it's not just a bunch of nice stories that we've just read, if it's not just a nice history that happened a long time ago and has nothing to do with my life, well, then it should really move me. That this God loves me so much that he's willing to take upon himself the consequences of my sin in his own body. That he's willing to go so far that he turns himself against himself, his justice, or as better said, his mercy against his justice. Because he loves me, right? And, And so, you know, they say that the average age for somebody turning their, leaving the Catholic Church in the United States is 13 is 13 years old. And they might keep going to church, but they've long left the church. And why, I think it's a lot of times because maybe we give them a lot of information, but they haven't really experienced the love of Jesus for them. You know, the, who Jesus really is and what he's done for them. And what I, what I really hope for you and for myself and all of us who are here today is that our Lord help us to have new eyes, to see new, in a new way, to, that all these things that we hear about in the gospel and that we celebrate, that they might sicker down a little bit, that, that they come down from our brains, our minds, into our hearts, that we might experience the truth of my own self-worth. What must the human being be worth in the sight of God? What must I be worth for God? If God is willing to do that for me, It's such an incredible declaration of human dignity, what we're celebrating today. There is no greater humanism than Christianity, really. Like, what an incredible value my life has to have in the face of God, right? If he's willing to give this life for me. So let's pray for each other that he might increase our faith and that we might have an experience of his love in these days and he might shake us up a little bit in a good sense. Amen.